Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of the Shot Takers podcast. It's a new show where I talk with professional creatives about how they went from starving artists to owners of their own successful businesses. On the show today is Holly Rose Stones, a photographer and artist based in the UK. Holly is known not only for her amazing wedding photography work but also her awesome self-portrait work. In this episode we talk about how she got started and how she uses her creativity to express herself. We discuss making time for play as a professional as well as the importance of constantly experimenting on your craft. We also talk about her first year in wedding photography and the challenges she faced along the way. Enjoy the show. Hi Holly. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good actually. Yeah, it's a nice day. I'm pretty hot, but it's good. It's quite hot, yeah. <laughs> we'll get by. I always think it's um this is classic British behaviour of when the um you know we complain about the bad weather the entire time and we get our first heat wave and everyone hates it. Yeah. Although I did a wedding on Saturday and it was absolutely roasting, so I was melting. So I think I was warranted. Oh. no (laughs) but it was good it was good (laughs) was was it outside or was it inside with air conditioning and stuff or uh it was well it was at london zoo so it was inside and outside obviously but inside everyone had to wear masks including me so underneath the mask i was just dripping wet but yeah we was only in there for about 15 minutes it wasn't too bad and we can't really complain can we it's it's happening at the end of the day I know it's so exciting you shot a wedding. Um, for just people for people who are listening, um, yeah. we're currently where, what are we now? We're start of August, so weddings are happening. Um, yeah. and you know, what are they? Thirty people max at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the case. I mean, Saturday was the first day I believe that it was everyone had to wear or all the guests had to wear masks because I've done weddings in July. I did a couple yeah. of small ones where no one had to wear masks, whereas Saturday was the first one. I got told as I arrived. But um, yeah, I should have known that before, actually. But <laughs> but everything changes. You don't really know. Absolutely. No, you have to keep an eye on it. And I, I is um, a little bit unfortunate that the first time I had to wear masks was on the hottest day of the year. But um, yeah. <laughs> I guess we have to deal with that. Yeah. Um, so how was it? How was the wedding in general? Was it uh, pretty normal apart from the masks or was, was it a bit different? Uh, yeah, it was actually all right. We did the ceremony. I arrived actually about 10 minutes before the ceremony, which is quite unusual as well because usually you start Mm. doing the bridal prep but we didn't do that for obvious reasons but then so we all walked over to the ceremony all the guests and me but yeah it was it was like a 15 minute thing and then we all sort of left the room and then the guests sort of mingled about because it's the zoo the guests were allowed to go around the zoo as you would it's it's open at the minute so they allowed the guests to go around and then I went off and shot with the bride and groom and we went around for about an hour and then came back and then everyone dispersed. So, yeah, it was quite quick, but they're going to do the rest next year, I think. I think they're going to do a reception at the same place next year. So it wasn't too bad. And I've done a wedding at the zoo before, so I sort of already knew where we were going, and what we were doing. So we got around quick, but it was also quite quiet there because of obviously not as many people there. It was pretty good and we could we could get around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you'd be a bit crazy to take to, you know, on your Saturday to go to the zoo um, in this weather anyway so you probably had it quite empty because it was so yeah. hot yeah <laughs> oh, that's so cool um well welcome to the show this is Thank um you. episode one which Woo! is super exciting this is my first one <laughs> mine too mine too we shall get through it together yeah it's so super exciting i mean like um so i know you anyway um yeah. we met a couple of years ago yeah. now, or maybe even more i don't i don't remember where did we meet first so I first met you, I mean, up through, through all the social medias. Yeah, Facebook yeah, it was on there, that. yeah. But you were doing one of your shoots, which we will talk about, obviously, in in a bit. Yeah, <laughs> and with uh, with Amy. Yes. Our mutual friend, Amy. And yeah. I just tagged along and um, helped you out. I think I sprinkled fake snow on the ground that was or something it. like that. It was. <laughs> yeah, it's on YouTube if anyone wants to go and have a look. We, uh, we sprinkled flour all over a tree. <laughs> And yes. made Amy lay down when she was a fallen angel. <laughs> it was amazing. It was a good day, that. I take 50% of credit for that. You picture. do. Um, you do. You got all the <laughs> snow sprinkling. 
<laughs> yeah, um, which was how I kind of first found out about what you do, really. And it's, it's so fascinating, especially um, we both obviously shoot weddings. And um, I think quite a lot of photographers we kind of hang out with are also yeah. wedding photographers. So yeah. to see someone who does something totally different, like like you with your um, with your digital art and, you know, yeah. your self-portraits and stuff, it was it's so fascinating for me because... I can't do any of that stuff. So yeah, it was great. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Well, yeah, no, I think it's kind of an odd situation because of, you know, wedding photography is an art in itself, but then I do also my art as what I call it on the side. Yeah. It's totally different. And a lot of people, some people find me through that. Some people find me through the art, the digital art and say, oh, she does weddings. I'll have her because I like her work. Other people don't know that I do that. So it's quite weird when they find out, they're like, oh, you do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll, yeah, I, I enjoy doing it. And I think with obviously weddings sort of dwindling at the moment, they're coming back, but mm. still we're all postponing until next year and everything. I think yeah. this year is a year for focusing on what I love to do. I love weddings, but I also love doing my art. So that's what I'm focusing on this year and trying to make that work as well. I'm diversifying is what I keep saying. <laughs> There you go. That's the term. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, so, Holly, for people who might not know, yes. um, when we're talking about your art and stuff like that, some people might not know exactly what it is you do. So just for the audience, can you just tell us like a little bit about like yourself and what you do and, you know, both your wedding work and, and your other work as well? Yeah. So I began shooting weddings when I was at university. So I went to university for, I did uh, photographic arts at Westminster in London. And there well I was there for about three years obviously and in the third year I was like you know what I need to pick up a job after this I don't really want to work for anyone else I kind of wanted to do the self-employed life so I was like right I'll do some weddings I got one um handed to me it was quite an odd situation it was just a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend someone's getting married so (laughs) do you want to do it and they knew I did weddings so I knew I did photography so I, I thought yeah I'll do that so I went off and did it and I kind of got a bit of momentum and then I went uh, full-time self-employed straight away from uni um, after. So that was in 2015. And then me in the meantime, obviously I was doing photographic arts at uni. So I picked up self-portraiture. I mean, I've been doing self-portraiture since I was about probably about 14. My granddad got me a camera for Christmas and I used to just take pictures and do, there was Coral Paint Shop Pro then. I didn't have Photoshop at the time. Um, I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) that's old school (laughs) that's so so old school old school and I used to take pictures of myself and just edit random stuff onto me and it didn't have no direction I just loved doing it it was kind of like a way of expressing myself at the time I just enjoyed doing it I also loved art I loved painting I love every kind of medium and all that so after university I went into weddings but I also wanted to keep it alive I, I wanted to keep the art alive and carry that on because I knew that that's something that it would kind of go hand in hand with what I was doing as a photographer yeah then I was just doing YouTube at the same time so I have a YouTube channel and I just show people behind the scenes of photo shoots um concepts like building self-portraiture how I edit photoshop all that stuff and tutorials and everything along those lines so I built that up a little bit on the side um, just whilst I was doing my weddings and in the first year I was doing two well not I think it might have been the second year I was doing two videos a week plus about 25 to 30 weddings in that year so it was wow. quite intense <laughs> but yeah. I just loved doing it it was just something that I couldn't not do alongside the weddings um, and I basically have I have a vivid mind and an imagination so I can't not put these concepts into work so I have to write Mm -hmm. it down and create from it so that's essentially it's just for my own mental health I think I've used self-portraiture as a way of kind of controlling that a little bit of a distraction but also just to get all my thoughts and feelings down into something and I'm not super good at writing you know I, I could you know I journal a lot but I'm not super good at articulating my thoughts so I think photography and art is a way of just putting it down on paper and letting people decide what they feel about it yeah I I enjoy that side of things but yeah so I've done weddings for the past six seven years now well I started in went full-time in 2015 but I started about two years before that so yeah it's been a been a journey yeah (laughs) well I mean what a fantastic journey I I love how um you know, I guess with other wedding photographers who um, who I'm friends with and stuff, and myself included, um, wedding photography is kind of like 
everything we do you know we might take our camera on holidays or you know do some street photography or a few projects here and there but I love that it's almost like this full circle you say where you've had this um, other creative outlet um, almost totally separate to to your actual work your wedding photography work anyway Um, and they've kind of almost come full circle in the way they've kind of worked together and you can see that in your work I think Um, everyone go check out um, Holly's uh, wedding photography work as well as her art stuff because you can really even you know they are quite different in terms of obviously you're not like having floating heads and stuff like that in your (laughs) wedding work but you can definitely see the skill set kind of um, flowing between the two which I think is is amazing yeah thank you so I want to kind of talk a bit more about the um the creative and artistic side, if that's okay with you. And yeah, um, of course, yeah. So talk about like how you got started on on that side of your journey. Yeah, definitely. You know, you said your your granddad gave you a camera when you were about fourteen years old, um, and that's when you started doing those self portraits and stuff, which is um, like that's really really nice. Did you have a, did you always have like a love for art, or was that kind of a spark, or was there something before then which you were were you kind of always one of those creative children or was that kind of how you got started with the actual photography side of things yeah so I think because uh, my granddad's an artist and he is a media you know all medium kind of guy he likes painting watercolors he likes photography he used to shoot weddings and everything when he was younger and um he's also great at DIY and everything you just say can you do that and he'll go do it whatever it is whatever kind of just no project is too big for my granddad so I think (laughs) it's probably stemmed from him like making me things as a child and yeah I think I was quite a creative child my parents I like to say that they left me to be bored so that I could go and be creative and I used to love all different creative outlets so my mum and dad bought me a karaoke machine when I was about eight or nine and I used to just I'm not a very good singer at all cannot hold a tune but um I used to sing my heart out in my bedroom and just you know whatever I think it was Elephant album by um Black Eyed Peas (laughs) I had that album (laughs) yeah and before the karaoke machine I actually would literally sit and write uh lyrics I'd press play on the cd player write the lyrics press stop you know press play and write all the lyrics until google came around then you could just google it but that is the type (laughs) of things that I did when I was younger so I would you know paint I pretended to be a radio presenter and stuff from a little karaoke machine because you could record Oh, on dude, it. so did I. Yeah, so, I mean, make songs up and everything. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> what was your... Did you have a radio presenter name? Like, do you remember having, like, a special DJ name? I don't remember. Mine was DJ Danny X. I don't know what the X was for, but it was DJ Danny X. It sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> But that's the thing, you like just come up with random stuff when you were a child. Like I remember a song, yeah. even to this day, I think I was probably about eight, I remember a song that I made called The Jet of Life. And I think I remember the lyrics, I'm not going to sing it now, but it, I remember the lyrics like vividly now because it was something that I used to just practice and practice over and over again. Because I didn't have cameras, I mean, digital photography, I don't know what, I mean, obviously it was before then, but we had like disposable cameras when we were younger when mm. I'm talking about when I'm like six, seven, eight years old. So I used to use those, but then I think we went on holiday once and I had, maybe I was about probably about 10 and my mum and dad had got a camcorder with the flip out screen. And I remembered vlogging a little bit on that. Uh, we went to Spain, I think, and I was just vlogging away and all that kind of thing. So that was like another creative medium. So I think everything that I have done be- prior to photography has just always been like, what can I make out of this? Like, I've got a karaoke machine. Okay, I'm going to be a presenter. Or I'm going to make songs. Or I, I was like, oh, I'm going to write a book. I, I remember getting a big, massive, thick notepad from Asda once when we went shopping, I think, with my mum. And I was like, I'm going to write a book. I had no idea what to write, but I'm going to write a book. I didn't ever do it. but um, So, yeah, prior to picking up the camera at 14, I think I had always been sort of imaginative with my time and I could never be bored. I remember saying I was bored, but I'd mum and dad would be like we'll go find something to do so I would always go find something to do whatever it was um so yeah then at, at 14 got given my camera um it might have been a little bit earlier than that actually but it was just a, a Nikon Cybershot one just a compact camera and then about a couple of years later I think I got a bigger DSLR uh, D5000 Nikon camera um because my granddad had a camera and I was like I want a DSLR now and it wasn't it was a, a crop sensor so it wasn't the best but it was all right at the time and I used it for what I wanted that's when I started really focusing on self-portraits I think 
because mm. I used to just set the timer and take pictures and I'd play around with like lights in my room and different effects yeah. on my face and it was just trying to like figure out what worked for me at the time yeah oh I love it I love it it's, just, it's such a nice story and I love that you know you were making stuff before you were at that age where you were just making stuff I suppose for fun you were making stuff just because like you say just to kind of relieve any kind of boredom and um, I think that is something which is lost when we get older you know we we start making stuff for yes. you know for business yeah. or for marketing or just to kind of you know um get some to show people online or for whatever reason I suppose and the idea of just making stuff just yeah. for play and just for fun it sounds like it's something which you've carried on like up until now which is which is um yeah, really really cool I really like that let's talk a bit, little bit more about um your self-portraits dude um because that is I think you know you do so much uh, stuff but your self-portraits I think is one of those things um your self-portraits are something which, you know, um, a lot of people are really interested in. Um, I think it's a really fascinating to kind of see how you've got all these different ideas going on and every self-portrait is, is so different and, um, you know, there's a di different kind of theme to every single one. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, kind of how that came about and I guess also where you get your inspiration from all of those different ideas and how you managed to um, handle all those different ideas coming in and actually turn them into action as opposed to, you know, forgetting about them, I suppose. Yeah, so when I um, left university, like I was saying earlier, I decided that I was going to do a 52-week project um, so that I could keep, like you say, play on the side of working because I have... I come from a family of self-employment, so all my family have worked for themselves. Not all the time, but since growing up, it's always been something in my family that you work for yourself. It didn't have to be that, but I just saw that as being inspiring. So that's why I was like, right, I'm going to work, be a wedding photographer, you know, make the money. Or being a, I did do commercial work as well, so that sort of hand in hand. But the play side of things, I was like, right, I want to keep this going so that I don't get distracted by being just in business, being self-employed. So I started this 52 week project and it was one self-portrait a week for 52 weeks. So the full year I did it from, I think, January to December, I think. So in 2015. Wow. And it was whilst I was writing a dissertation, trying to build a business and I was just running myself into the ground, but I just wanted something that kept my ideas alive because like I said earlier, my imagination is wild and I can't, imagine not putting it down onto paper. So, and when I say paper, I just mean on an editing screen <laughs> on a picture. Yeah. Um, so I spent that year going full, full time um, as a wedding photographer doing the 52 week project on the side. And it just kept me going. And the ideas sort of come from the time of like, I, I kind of take my inspiration from what's going on in my life at that point. So if you go back to the 52 week project that I did, I think it's on YouTube still, but you can see the development that I was going through in that year. Um, and that was just mainly to keep me sane. And like I said earlier, I use it for the mental health purposes. It was for therapy in a way, um, just so that I, because as a self-employed person, you'll know this as well. You don't have anyone to answer to. So there's no one to tell you if you're doing anything right or wrong. You, you kind of go with the yeah. flow, you ask other people, they might be doing it a different way. So with self-portraiture, I was sort of using it as just a control aspect. Like I know that that's for me, something that I can control. Whereas my business, I can control it, but I also have there's other opinions to take into consideration, like my clients and people around me. Whereas yeah. self-portraiture was always a way of just controlling how I felt about the world and what was going on. Um, so my inspiration sort of comes from that um, and human interaction. So people I meet, um, places that I go to, you know, go to, I think things that are happening in the world at the time. Uh, but at that point in time, it was basically taking everything that was coming into my head. I was dreaming vividly all the, all the time. So I just write them down on a piece of paper. And I've actually got a book, which is, I've probably had it for six, seven years now. And it's just full of ideas. So when I get an idea, it could be literally, it usually comes when I'm in the shower in the morning because that's when I can think because I haven't got my phone on me <laughs> or or in the car when you can't yeah. literally do anything else other than think and drive. Yep, definitely don't forget to drive. <laughs> yeah, got to drive. But so I'll have those ideas and then as soon as I, or it, usually in the middle of the night, so I'll wake up from a dream and I'll, 
I'll write it in my notes on my phone and then I'll transfer it to this book. So I've got pages and pages of just little doodles, words that have come into my head that kind of make sense for me at that moment. Um, any sort of visuals, I'll just quickly sketch it. They don't look great, mm-hmm. but I know what they, they mean because as soon as I see that, that, that vision, that picture that I've had in my mind comes back. So it'll be in the middle of the night and I'll just wake up in the middle of the night and write it down on my phone and it'll just be a squiggle. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what did that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> but it's just it's just writing words, gobbledygook kind of thing. But um, yeah, so my inspiration, I think at that point was taking you know growth and how to transition from being a student as well to being self-employed and going into sort of the big bad world and all that. But now I think it's changed a bit because of I mean, obviously, we've all changed this year. It's been quite a bit of a, mm-hmm. an unusual year, yes. if that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now I'm kind of focused on creating things that are joyful because that's what I feel like I need in my life at the moment. I need to be able to look at something that's quite lighthearted yeah. um, and create something now that it's less intense. Because at the time, I think, I, I mean, over the past few years, I've been creating work that has been very intense but it's helped me personally but now I just want to sort of put out into the world stuff that's of work that is quite joyful and and fun to look at because I think people need that right now um visually I think people need some lightheartedness because there's so much stuff going on yeah yeah absolutely um I think that's 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 so lovely and I I love that you're kind of making this transition I suppose from when you started with the the self-portrait project you know it was all for you and you were making this kind of for your own like you say for like your own sanity (laughs) and I suppose and like just kind of like um as like a growth project which I think is amazing and now that you're saying you're making joyous work for other people I think that's that's lovely and I think that's one of the um the things I especially love about photography as well is that it's something yes you can create stuff for yourself and you know it's very therapeutic in that way um but also it's something where you can bring joy to others and I think that's one of the reasons wedding photography is so attractive yeah exactly that's yeah because a lot of I was just gonna say the the wedding photography is so high um happiness levels Mm. it's it's joyful and uh, and I've always been quite an intense person I think that's not wrong to say about myself that I'm very intense and I like to overthink things so although wedding photography is a big release it's quite a lot of pressure as well so having the self-portrait is almost like a a bit of a release for me even though it is intense work at the time but I was going to say as well that I do a seven day project which is every six months I'll take seven days to completely focus on different aspects in my work and I over the years you can see during the seven day project so I do them in about April and one in October and the past three years I've done this um, and if you compare the projects from 2017 to now you can see the transition in my work and how it's changed mm. um, and the colors that I've changed and like started using and all that and I think that is a, also another another way that I've sort of used my work to kind of document the way that I feel mm-hmm. um, but also try and put something out there that is going to help not help people directly but just give some people something to look at yeah and enjoy <laughs> um but yeah that's I think, that's I, think I think sometimes art is as simple as that Some sometimes you don't have to over explain it right it can just be something which is enjoyable to yeah. look at and and you know brings puts a smile on people's faces the concepts that I make as well like again with the seven day project is it's an intense project and again I'm an intense person so I like (laughs) things to be done intensely or else I don't really focus on things um so with the seven day project it's basically one a self-portrait a day for seven days and you take a concept and work with it on that day and you've got to finish it by the end of the day and that's just my rules like I have rules for me so that's what I do a lot of people have joined in with that as well over the years um I've got a hashtag called hashtag seven days with holly and if you go have a look you can see there's people been joining in on those seven days and whether that be actually on the seven days that i do them or a few weeks later or like in between the projects people have been doing it and i quite like that community vibe as well as well about that on the other hand with that project i know it's a community vibe so i tend to do concepts that are um useful for people um and whereas the personal personal work is done between those projects so in the time that I'm not shooting those projects 
uh, projects. No, I think that's that's absolutely fascinating, dude. Um, I, I love, like you say, the community side of things. I think that's that's always been such a big um, thing for me in this whole photography journey is, you know, not only looking to those who maybe are ahead of you and how you how we can help and what you can learn from them, but also those who maybe are a couple of steps behind you and how you can kind of help them up, you know. And I think that's that's the amazing thing about communities. It works works both ways in that yeah. sense. With my YouTube and the projects that I do, I tend to look at them as a I what I would have wanted when I was young say that mm. 14 year old girl who was photographing herself in the bedroom we have come probably we're similar age so we've come up in that world of YouTube didn't quite hit it until I was probably year seven yeah. eight um, at school so that was probably about the time that obviously YouTube videos were being put out but not the type of YouTube videos that you see now yeah. so I wanted to be that person who provides the information for those people who are interested in this thing, being art and photography and self-portraiture, that they can look and learn. Because I didn't have that when I was younger. Um, not directly. I might have had things that I learned from, but I had to sort of learn the hard way. Whereas now I'm giving that information out there that people can take and use whichever way they want to. So the community is very important to me because I believe that um, we've all got a, we've all got an influence on each other, but I want to try and help people into feeling like confident in doing it because I think I never had the confidence mm. to. Do. I had the confidence to do it, but I'm not a super confident person in myself until probably about this age. But self portraiture is just a way of of being a therapy and just to help me through difficult times. So I give confidence to people who think, oh, I want to try that. I think it's a good way of release. It's almost like going off and reading a book yeah. or, you know, going, playing a sport. It's kind of, that's just my way of, I want to go and take a picture of myself and edit because it's, that's just how I do it. I love it. I love it. I, it's, <laughs> it's so good. And I love that you're talking about confidence as well. I think that's, um, and that's, that's, I think that's a big part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast as well, because I know that, like you say, when people are first starting out, I think that confidence to know that this, you know, this journey has been taken before and someone has, done yeah. this before and you know you look at people um you know who are super successful and people who have made it and whatever yeah. and I think sometimes you almost forget that you know we all started the same way we all started not really knowing what yeah. we were doing and yeah um, exactly. you know trying stuff out and I love that you know in your there's an actual record in your YouTube channel um specifically where you can see that you did have a journey and you know you didn't know maybe quite as much about things like Photoshop and stuff like that at the start but you just got started and you know, you got better and better and you can see that development throughout, which is, I think, really nice for people who want to do something similar and, you know, they're not sure, like, can I actually get to this level or is this person just naturally this good? And yes, there's a natural sort of flair to it. Like you say, you've been doing it since, you know, you were a kid, but, you know, it does take that work. And it just takes time and you get better and better all the time. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, I want to ask you a bit more about the whole 52 week and seven day project because I, I love that. Yes. I'm really drawn to that. Ah. Is that like a <laughs> um, like an accountability type thing? Is that just to make it so that you have to put some work out no matter if it's perfect or not? It's just a case of kind of getting you to do stuff and not make excuses or is it just um, just for organizational purposes, I guess? Well, yeah, that that is a good point because I've been in the school system obviously well and university until I was 21 mm -hmm. 22 and at school and in that system you have something to you know there's a, an exam or a deadline and I've always been great at coursework because I always knew I could get it in on that time or that day or I was never late with anything and I, I just at school I kind of focused and that's what I enjoyed about that sort of discipline I'm quite, a, I'd say I'm quite a disciplined person when I've got a goal in sight. If I haven't got a goal in sight, I'm quite lazy and unproductive. So to have a goal and by goal, I mean, a, by the end of the day, let's get a picture in, whether that be a good one or a bad one, in my opinion, then it just gives me something to be accountable for and to put out there. And obviously with it being on YouTube as well, because the first couple of ones or first few seven day projects I recorded every single day. So it, although I had to do a picture and an edit and post it on Instagram and then do a YouTube video at the same time, that was kind of intense, but it was something that I was like, right, and you need to do this. You have to do this because everyone's 
it, uh, when I say everyone, I mean my imaginary everyone, mm-hmm. imaginary audience. Yeah. That I think that I have needs to see this, but it's basically just an accountability thing to sort of say to myself, you need to create something by the end of the day and see it's like a test mm. and it's a test of skill, ability, time, ideally as well, being a self-employed person, you you've kind of always got a deadline for things, yeah. but with my art, I don't have anyone to tell me that I've got a deadline. So I have to do it myself. Um, so with, yeah, with the seven day project, it was more, it more of a case of just have something to work towards and do that. Um, whatever it takes and then I've done that so with the 52 week project it was a bit more lenient because I had a full week to do it the seven day project kind of came out of nowhere I was just like right I've been doing weddings I think it was it began in October 2017 and I'd been doing weddings all that year and had no real time to properly sit down and do my pictures and if I don't do my pictures I go into this uh, autopilot so I'll just literally just do 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 right and then and then not think about it. So with my weddings work, I was just doing and doing and not thinking about my art. So when October came around, I was like, I'm quite sad because I've not done any of my work this year. I've written down so many ideas. Mm. I've got all these imagination, uh, all these pictures that I've written down, written down and all these notes and things. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to compile it, put it into a week and let's do this. And then nothing can affect me that week. I'm not going to be doing any client work. I'm not going to be doing any business work or marketing or anything I'm literally just going to sit down every single day and do a picture and then that's so and it brought me so much joy because I was just taking control of my life again and just sitting down and working with my ideas and again it benefited me because I created more ideas that I wouldn't probably have normally done otherwise because I had to be quick and again it gave me another another reason was because I think as an artist you have there's always an element of self-doubt so when I'm creating a piece of work, I don't want to sit on it for too long because I'll probably go back to it and not like it. So with my seven day project, if I, I've got to post it at the end of the day, so I mm-hmm. cannot not like it. Yeah, yeah. And if I don't like it, the next day I've got to create another one. So I've got to get on with that. There's no dwelling on the previous yeah. idea. D- don't get wrong though. There is some images in that, those weeks that I don't like, but there's some images that have been my most favorite that I've ever created. So I take pride in those ones. And another thing as well, it's, it's a way of creating a good, strong portfolio that you can pick out what you enjoy doing as an artist, because I'm quite, I'd say I'm quite a confused artist and that I don't particularly know. I think everyone's like this, but I don't particularly know what I'm going to create or know what, if it's even going to look good or what style I am. I just do. I'm just a doer. So I like to take all my seven day projects and just pick the images that I like out of them, study them and think, what did I like about them? What colors have I used? What ideas were created and why? And then I can sort of compile the best ones that I believe are the best ones and sort of make a portfolio out of that and create and continue that style of work. And that's how I've sort of made my style, I think, in this creative world. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that so much. That's just awesome. I'm, I, you're, you're so proactive. I think it's great. Um, and I love that you're taking control of your own time instead of, instead of, you know, letting various things take control of, you know, your schedule and stuff. And you've set the seven day kind of time just to focus on, on one particular thing and, um, and to get that out there. Because I, I think like sometimes if yeah. you don't set those kind of time restraints for yourself, um, I'm a big, productivity nerd so I love kind of like time blocking and all that kind of thing but like I think if you don't set those times I think you know other people are gonna kind of take those chunks up for you and you're just like you say you're just gonna be on autopilot doing what you think is the important stuff but really is just just the mundane everyday things of things like email and you know that that kind of thing as well so I think that's 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 so cool this is it the in-between it wasn't completely fully focused. I mean, it was completely fully focused, but I, you know, I did a couple of emails yeah. here and there in between or I'd maybe edit a, a shoot or whatever, but only, only if I had time. So like you said, you block out time and I'm a big organization freak as well. I like Asana. I love like, there's loads of different apps that I use. I've got, you know, everything that you could think of Google Maps, uh, Google, Google Calendar maps. and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I have maps, yeah. I do actually have, uh, for my weddings, I have like a full map spread of, you know, spread of like where I'm going to be in the year and all that. But I do that because I need to know now where I'm going to be, mm. what I'm going to be doing yeah. so that I can block out a day or at least or two to create art, you know, create my work, create my YouTube videos and on the side. And hopefully one day 
soon and putting it out there into the universe that this is going to make me money and have a career out of it because even if it is alongside weddings because I love weddings still I'm still going to be shooting weddings I want to make my art a full-time thing so that I can maybe not go too far with it because I know sometimes it then becomes a job yeah I'd like I'd like to be able to do what I love the most daily so yeah oh, I love it I love it I, I think that you know I have no doubt in my mind that that's exactly what's going to happen um I do hope you carry on shooting weddings though because you know your wedding work is is also something really special so um yeah that's that's a really nice little balance um that's cool um so let's let's move on for that so shall we um let's talk about your wedding side we've talked a lot about you know your um digital art and all your creative side which is um brilliant but let's um for those who maybe are interested in doing wedding photography let's chat a little bit about that um I especially want to hear a bit about um you know you say your whole family is from a self-employed background which uh I think could definitely have some some advantages to those who maybe come from a nine to five and that kind of knowledge yeah so tell me about your first year of weddings um and kind of how that sort of started if you can you know take your mind back to like how that felt and what it was like kind of getting into that yeah. world yeah so I like I said earlier I got my first wedding from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend and they asked me to shoot for I think the full day actually and I was just like you know what I'm just gonna go ahead I think they paid me really little I think it was about 100 pounds yeah. for the day at the time I was like wow I'm getting paid yeah photography. <laughs> the first wedding you do is like oh my gosh like 200 pounds that's amazing <laughs> yeah yeah and and I always encourage people, I, need, I know some people don't agree, but I always encourage people to do your first one mm. for very little money, if not no money at all, because that is the most invaluable lesson that you'll learn that first one. Or you could obviously second shoot for someone, which is another avenue to go down. But I happened to get one on my own, even though that they never seen wedding work before from me. They just knew that I was a photographer. So it, yeah, it was a really good day. And I felt actually pretty at home there with it I mean some people find it a lot of stress and pressure I find it a lot of stress and pressure but I think I knew that I could do it so that sec I think I posted the first one on Facebook um when Facebook was quite big for marketing this is back in probably 2013 2014 so a girl that I knew on Facebook um she saw my images and she messaged me straight away and was like I'm getting married in Tuscany um next year do you want to shoot my wedding I was like I've only done one wedding. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I panicked, but I was like, oh my God, I need to do this. I need to do this. So we met up, we went over, we discussed everything at the time. I got him to sign contracts in person, which is not something that I really do now, but you know, we did all the official stuff. And the next following year I went to Tuscany. So it was my second wedding. I took a trip for four days and it was an interesting experience actually, because I have never been so nervous in my entire life. I think I couldn't sleep the night before. So many things were just scary about it, but I just did it anyway. And it was one of the most best experiences ever. I think that sort of taught me that if you could do that, then you can do anything. So then after that, I sort of promoted that everywhere. I posted it everywhere. I tried to just keep posting it every single day. And then as soon as people saw I'd been to Tuscany I think at the time destination weddings Mm. were quite a big thing to have in your portfolio Uh, now not so much but also yeah they are still a big thing and big deal to have in your portfolio but at the time not as many people had done them so it was like wow an Italy wedding they so I, I from a client's point of view I think people were just like whoa you've done an Italy wedding so yeah I'll book you so I after that I got 10 weddings I think the next following year so I'd done two, I know, maybe I did three more that year, but really last minute, like two weeks before kind of bookings. Uh, and I was just finishing my dissertation. I knew that if I'd not, if I'd booked, so I got 10 weddings in that year. And I was like, I know that I can sustainably live without mm. getting a job. So I'm just going to go for it. So in that first year I did 10 and it was amazing. It was like the best year because I was just like, oh my God, I'm self-employed yeah. and I've done it. I'm so excited. But then you don't realize actually how much work yeah. you have to put in to really fully go into it. But because I've been sort of lucky, and I know it was hard work and luck, but I say it's more lucky to get an Italy wedding for your second wedding. I was like, I need to just roll with this and just make it work. So yeah, I think 
the hard work came after that. And yeah, again, I was doing myself portraits on the side. So I was doing quite a lot of work in that year. I booked 10 in that year. And then the second, I think I doubled it or yeah, I doubled it for the next year. So I got 20 and then doubled it, I think the next year. So I was kind of going for just double it each year and see where it goes. But now I don't do more than 25 because I think it's just too much work for what I need and want because I like to make sure everyone's got my attention and 25 is just a nice number sweet spot for everyone having your attention I'm not saying that people who do 60 80 90 whatever weddings a year don't put enough attention but for me I need mental space I think you've got to find a number which is right for you everyone's got a different you know lifestyle and um, people who've got kids and you know people who like to travel there's no I don't think there's any right or wrong number yeah. um, as long as you're not doing a disservice to your clients I think I, I, I love it um that's that's so cool um a Tuscany wedding for your second wedding yeah that is uh that's pretty pretty awesome <laughs> that's pretty special um but I don't you know you say it was all luck but um it sounds to me like you really capitalized on it and you really like took the opportunity and went with it because I think some people might just show up and shoot that wedding and not not use it till its full potential I love that you recognized it as what it was is that it's something which immediately ups your kind of rep in the wedding photography world for sure um you know I've got pictures on my homepage of like an Italy wedding and I know the reason it's on there I love these pictures and I love the couple but you know it's so you go look at me I went to Italy and yeah you know I'm of a certain caliber and I love that you use that and you managed to kind of take that momentum and use it to fuel the next year and then the, the year after that and um yeah that's that's really really cool dude in terms of like uh, the business side of of wedding photography you say you know you didn't realize how much extra stuff there is to do and yeah that totally is in terms of you know marketing and everything else we do we we do quite a lot um yeah what was that like for you in your first year was it a bit of a surprise when you realized that it wasn't just showing up and taking pictures and then chilling out the rest of the week like we were saying earlier about organization i absolutely loved all that kind of side of it. So I made sure that I had sort of times and hours and days that I was going to post on Instagram or post on Facebook or edit YouTube videos. I was doing YouTube videos on like my portfolio. And so I was doing all that kind of thing and making sure that I was creating brochures and pricing myself right and researching that. And obviously we had, I think we met in Young Aspiring Photographers on Facebook, didn't we? I think that's where I probably... Yeah. So that's where I was on there all the time, seeing what people were doing. So although it was kind of not difficult at the time because I thoroughly enjoyed it, I think I thoroughly enjoy the marketing side of things because I'm not scared to promote myself. I I wouldn't say I'm like I was saying earlier, I'm not 100 percent confident with everything that I do, but I'm not scared to put myself out there and just yeah. hope for the best. Um, so at that point, I kind of although I've gone back on my Facebook page from seven years ago six years ago and deleted quite a lot of it because it's just all a bit of a waffle you know like waffle at the time or now but at the time it wasn't so at the time I just sort of you know it's all changed now we're all social media's evolved so it's all different but at the time I just wasn't afraid to put myself out there so it wasn't too difficult for me at at the time but with the group that I was in and the groups on Facebook that I was in I found a lot of information out from there so it was kind of not easier but it was more accessible to get the information so I was like right well I'll watch what other people are doing and see how they're working it and then just apply it to myself and I don't at the time I can't remember copying people but I just remember just taking oh they're doing that so I'm just gonna maybe write that down and see if I like that kind of thing and then you know it'll just be the way that they're doing the you know the websites that they're putting up I think as a community we were all at the time just sort of navigating it and seeing (laughs) where we were going and what was happening but um yeah with the marketing side I really enjoyed it it's it's something that I just super love to do um so it wasn't too difficult for me and again I like to post a lot so (laughs) yeah your your social media um presence is something to be admired like I wish I had got onto the social media thing a long time ago I think I got Instagram properly maybe um, only like a year ago, so um, I am way behind in terms of Instagram. But um, oh, really? I was a firm Facebook advocate for the first few years, and then I was like, I don't need Instagram; yes. it's just a carbon copy of the same thing. Um, and then I realised, yeah, I realised no one was seeing my stuff on Facebook anymore. So I was very late to the party on Instagram. Um, it's starting to get a little bit of 
leeway now and I am starting to see some clients come from it but yeah yeah that's another thing with I think Instagram I had maybe 2000 and I don't know when it when it actually came out Instagram I can't remember but anyway I had Instagram when it sort of first I think maybe a year after it came out and I was just posting random stuff on there at at that time I didn't use it as a tool for business like you say Facebook was the thing I was getting so many inquiries on there so much work from there people would share my page and then people would tag my page and things on Facebook or like majority my majority of my work came from people I went to school with so I do a lot of school friends now weddings because they Mm. obviously had me on Facebook so that's a good way of marketing and then they tell their friends they tell their friends so Facebook to me is still it's still a good tool but it's not as big as Instagram and when I moved over to Instagram to really promote on there I had a joint Instagram so I would post my self portraiture and my weddings on the same one and then about probably two or three years ago I decided to split them because I wanted a portfolio of my weddings separate to my art because it just got a bit confusing for me personally so now people just inquire through there and I'll tag the venues or hashtag things so that people can find me Um, and a lot of people have come through those hashtags and gone oh you worked at let's say I had a couple who wanted to get married at Oxley's Barn which is in Cotswolds and I did one a couple of years ago and they saw that and then inquired and then booked me for what it was meant to be this year but it's going to be next year now so again that's the kind of thing that I did on Instagram was just really like focus on the hashtags and tagging and I think because it obviously come up on explore pages now so people find me through that and my my weddings Instagram doesn't have loads and loads of followers but you still get so much work from it because people aren't bothered by that. They're just bothered yeah. by the work that you make. And that's the, what yeah. it boils down to. And I think I think with Instagram and social media, especially in where I can definitely see um, in your work um, is, you know, you're showing these amazing wedding pictures and stuff, but also there's a lot of personality there as well. Um, and I think especially for the work, for wedding work um, in particular, um, I think a lot of people buy, kind of buy into those brands where they can kind of relate to the photographer for sure. And um, I'd actually say a lot of, it's almost, I wouldn't know what you'd say, the splitters, but it could be almost as important as the pictures themselves as that personality side of things, which I think you can see in your website and um, in your marketing. Yeah, well, I post about, um, because on my About Me page, on my weddings website, I've got all my art. I suggest people to go have a look at that just so that they understand what I do some people don't are not as interested in it which is absolutely fine I'm not too bothered by that because at the end of the day they're booking me to photograph their wedding and that's the that's what it boils down to but on the other hand I've got people who you know all my clients who not all but a lot of the clients follow me on my personal I say personal but it's more of my art Instagram now and we we're friends we chat we you know they'll comment back to my story about random stuff. It'll just, I literally, I, yeah. So people will see my day to day on Instagram and then they'll comment back to it and then we'll have a conversation about it. It'll just be random stuff. Like I follow one of my uh, brides who has got an amazing um, Instagram for her house and she does amazing colors and it's so, it's so gorgeous. I think it's, it started with a cushion um that's the instagram tag but she's always posting amazing like just interior design and i love interior design as well so i just we always have conversations and stuff so i just like to keep it real with people and be on, on a personal level with them rather than just being an a uh, website face yeah quite clinical some it works for some people and don't get me wrong i've done it in the past where i've just completely taken myself off my website but for me i like to be friends with the people who I'm photographing the weddings of so that I can get to know them. You know, I've still, I've made friends with brides and we've gone out for shoot days or like, you know, just ran meeting up, met up for coffee or gone out with, like I had a bride who four years ago got married. In fact, yesterday, I think it was their anniversary. We've met up, I borrowed her dress actually because her dress was a really nice boho dress. And four years later, I think it was last year. So three years later, I was like, do you mind if I just borrow your boho dress? Because it was gorgeous. And we, you know, like we'll be on a personal level and it's, and it's great. And then we went out for lunch and stuff. So that kind of thing is really nice. I don't think that everyone has to do that. And I get that people don't have to be friends with the people that their clients are, but I just love to be around people and be yeah. honest with people. No, I think you're. I think you're totally right, and I think it's a it's a big part of my business as well. Actually, um, you know, we're not. Um, I think we can both yeah. say that you know we we don't go um, out 
clubbing with every single one of our wedding clients and we're not like besties or anything like that no but, um, oh, absolutely no, I mean, not. <laughs> it's really important to me that they feel relaxed on the day and um you know so i have whatsapp groups of all of my clients and we just talk about things yes. like movie recommendations and just just check in exactly and, you know i i i pretty much only on instagram i the only people i really follow are like other vendors and other vendors and my actual clients and like just look out for what they're posting and keep in touch with them throughout the wedding day so that when I actually show up on the day they they know me and and also from a marketing perspective you know after the wedding's done um I want them to remember me as well so it's not a um a forced thing I'm not like trying to like I don't want to deceive them or whatever but you know at the same time I will comment and make sure that you know they remember me and that I still exist and I'm the first thing they think about when they think about wedding photography you know exactly and it's an it's kind of like a natural yeah conversation isn't it everyone's online at the end of the day it's it's a world where everyone is so some of my clients don't have instagram don't have facebook they don't even want to be on it and that's absolutely fine but others enjoy it and that's just you just you know chat for sure and and like and it does really um matter for your website and stuff like when i do my coaching sessions we look at people's websites a lot and i think one of the mistakes and i think i made this as well in my first year or whatever i said i wanted to come across you know, super professional and like someone, you know, you could trust. So I talked about what camera I had and how much I knew about like flash photography and and all this stuff, which I thought my clients wanted to hear. But it's not really that kind of stuff they care about. You know, they already like your pictures, so they're already sold on a technical aspect. They just want to kind of relate to you as a person, I feel. Um, you know, so I put I talk about things like, you know, my love of scuba diving and how I'm a massive nerd and how I'm a big coffee and cider snob, you know, just stuff like that. Anything which they can kind of attach themselves to and, and they can see themselves getting along with on a day. Um, yeah. I find is much more beneficial than just saying, you know, oh, well, I, you should let me shoot your wedding because um, here is me, here's a picture of me holding a camera and I have two of them. And people want to trust you. They want to yeah. obviously know that you know what you're doing technically, but at the same time, you know, they'll trust you for the fact yeah. that you've shot so many weddings and you've, you've done a good job and your clients are happy. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. And when you go in for like meetings or Skype meetings, although I will go through the step-by-step of what I do because people tend to like to know, you know, where I'm going to be, what yeah. I'm going to be shooting... But again, they've already, they're already kind of sold on your images because they've contacted you. They've took the time out of their day to actually Skype you or go and have a meet up in a pub. So they know how much you cost as well. So I don't tend to talk too much about pricing in a meeting because they yeah. know that because I've had the brochures. So when I go to a meeting, I just want to have a good chat and see what they've been up to and their plans for the day. And you tell me about this and I'll relate to that. You know what I mean? Like there's, you've already just explained it, but there's, we're, a hu- we're humans at the end of the day. We're not just technical yep. artists. We are, we like to do stuff as well yeah. outside of wedding photography. <laughs> Although during the summer, that's where it changes a bit because we're all just heads down. On yeah. The- well, this is the first summer where I think we've all had free time. And I think it, it shows when you talk to people, everyone is like, oh, well, yeah. I went out on a, um, a Saturday in August and it was lovely. <laughs> it's been amazing. I mean, not going to lie, I've, I have enjoyed not having... Yeah. a wedding every weekend just because of like you say we've I mean I've had like six seven years of summers having to cancel plans on people or or not having to go to parties or going out for meals or whatever on a Saturday when people are going out and I mean I'm not a massive like I don't really like going out out too much but sometimes there's times when I'm just like oh I wish yeah. I could just do that but this year has been different as well because although we've got the time we also can't go out <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> so, annoying yeah but I've been enjoying, I've just moved yeah. back up to Doncaster from Kent just before lockdown. We did a bit of a shift and it was going to be our, this, this year we were going to move anyway. So we decided just to do it just before lockdown. Um, so now I'm with my parents for a bit, just whilst we organise our house and sort, you know, sort life out, basically. It's all been a bit up in the air, but I've been, just been enjoying in the, being in the garden, just loving yeah. life, doing whatever, you know, my granddad has a greenhouse and he's grown all this stuff. So we've just been been organizing that and then I'm making my studio at the moment so we've got where my parents live they've got we had horses when we were younger and there's stable block and there's four stables and my granddad had a workshop in one of them and during lockdown it was kind kind of hard to find things in there so I was like granddad do you mind if we like clear this out because you cannot physically get in the door <laughs> and he and I said you know what that would look really good as a studio and he was like if you want to do it as a studio you can and we'll just move me into the into another one so 
if you want to go have a look as well, I've, seen I've it. done a YouTube yeah, video and we're starting the process of it. Have you? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're doing, doing it all out at the moment. Um, and it's going to be a bit of a project, but I think having a studio space for the time being, because obviously we're not, me and Jack are not going to be here for Jack's <laughs> partner, by the way. <laughs> it might be one or no. Um, uh, yeah, he, we're not going to be here for, forever so we're probably going to move a studio mm. to our own house in the, in the future but right now for the time being we're kind of just making it into a studio and I'll see what I can do with it and with again going back to creating art I do want to pick up painting again and I'm trying to maybe get into that a bit more and monetize it in some sort of way uh, so I think having a studio space is going to be great for that and inspira- inspiration having somewhere I can sort of shut it off and leave and come back to it when I when I need to, um, and I think that'll work for weddings as well because I'll have a space where I can go to edit yep. and then leave. Because when I used to live in Penn, uh, I had an office in my bedroom and that was great. I loved it, but it just meant I was at home constantly yes. all yep. the time. And as you can, I mean, you will know as well. But for your mental health, it gets quite it's quite it's quite lonely being a photographer yeah I think I think because we are essentially working by ourselves on the Saturdays and our schedules are sort of opposite to all of our friends or most of our our friends who aren't self-employed they work from nine to five and that's when we normally have our free time is in the middle of a day on a Wednesday or whatever so yeah no I do agree and I think that's why you end up being friends with so many other photographers just by the fact that you're all up for a night out on a a Tuesday Tuesday and it's so good because you're just like oh my god these friends are free on a Wednesday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like we've met up in the Pantiles a few times. Yeah, I think it's quite nice to have a little break away from the computer in that way. So yeah, going back to the studio, I think it'd be nice to have that area where I can work and then leave. Um, I know it's quite a privileged position to be in, but luckily, you know, my parents are letting me do it just for the time being. And then when I get my own house at some point, I'm going to have a, yeah, another yeah. studio. And I was going to, I was debating this year whether to get a hot desk somewhere um, or get, you know, like a studio somewhere else that I could rent a table, a desk from. Because I know there's a few in Leeds and Doncaster that probably, Mm. you know, ability to do that. But this year obviously messed up. So that went to shit. No, no, sounds good, and, and you know what? It's a, it's a, it's such a good project as well. It looks like, um, check out the YouTube video, guys, because um, Holly doesn't mind saying she's probably got some work ahead of her in terms of um, turning it into a usable space. Oh yeah, um, it's it does a lot of it stuff in there, um, but it's it's looking good already. You've emptied it out, so that's good. So yeah. I want to ask you about one last thing, um, actually, Holly, and we're going to move on to um yeah. some rapid fire questions at the end. Um, okay, cool. So I saw on your YouTube channel that um. And correct me if I'm wrong. Um, going forward, you you're doing some tutorial videos, right? Are you you're starting to yeah. post these videos online? I saw one for your um your going bananas picture. So it looks like that's that looks looks amazing that you're you're doing these tutorials for people to learn by. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, so people can have a look at it. Yeah. So I decided. I mean, I've wanted to do tutorials for years, and obviously, being on YouTube, you get comments saying, "Can you do a tutorial on this image? You know, how do you make this? What do you do?" and Although I've put quite a lot of free content out there um, on my YouTube channel of how I edit, it's not been so in-depth that you can probably go from start to finish and create a photo. It's just take what you can from each video and put it into your own work. So this tutorial series that I'm going to be doing, and I've put the first one out, like, like you just said, the Going Bananas image, that one got shared on Photoshop Instagram. So I got quite a few messages saying... Um, how did you make it what you know how <laughs> why how did you make it so so real the, the shadows blah, blah blah yeah and it actually looks like you're sitting on a gigantic banana for real yeah um, <laughs> I, I was thinking like is this something you got off Etsy or whatever I don't understand but yeah <laughs> well I've I've been working on my shadows making shadows for so long I mean that's something that in the seven day self-portrait challenge I worked on and I knew that that's something that I wanted to make sure that I've got, you know, down to a T because I think shadows are most important when you're doing miniatures of yourself or um, okay. just anything you're adding into an image. So a conceptual image where you're compositing on top, you have to make sure that the shadows are right, whether it be a sunny day with a harsh shadow or a cloudy day with a softer shadow. So that's something that I've always worked on. And when I created this image, it took a while to actually get the shadows really, you know, pristine and, and well and, 
real realistic um there's still some stuff that i see i look at it personally and just think i could have just done that a little bit better but anyway and you'll see that if you if you were to get the tutorial you can see that there's so many different things that i've done in that image that were a mistake and i've corrected um and i think that in photography is quite a big or conceptual say composite photography is you've got to sort of correct mistakes as well i mean you tr everyone tried to get it right in camera the first time but you sometimes yeah. in this especially in photoshop you can correct it um in ways and some people are like and this is fine it's it's valid but some people are like oh you know you've got to get it correct in camera no editing that's it well to me editing is the art form so that's yeah. what i i like to do so yeah with this tutorial series now i'm i'm selling the tutorials on my website and it's just so that people can you know, learn what I've learned over the years and hopefully take what I learned these past, you know, 10 years of doing this and hopefully that, yeah, we can teach people it. I think it's something I'm going to have to go and check out actually because my, <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit this, my Photoshop knowledge is limited to removing exit signs um, and getting rid of like bins and power cables <laughs> and those kind of Done things. Done that. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, and it pretty much stops there. So I'm definitely going to check that out. That's going to be, that's going to be oh, really cool. Thank you. That's amazing. I will leave some um once I figure out how to do it because this is podcast number one. Um I will yes. leave a link to all of that in the um in the show notes, as they say in the biz. Thank you. Um, that's cool. Okay, um we're gonna finish off with some some rapid fire questions if if you're ready to go. Sure. Um Yeah. This is so fun. Just normal questions. Just you know, you don't have to think about it too much. I'm just like okay. some nice quick answers. Um um, okay, so rapid fire question number one. What is one tool or piece of software which um, you've recently been using or you use over time that maybe other people don't use that you love? Oh, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> be easy questions. <laughs> no. um, patch tool. That's the first thing that comes to my head. Photoshop, patch tool. You okay. probably already know this because you remove exit signs, but patch tool is my best friend. Every patch single tool. picture I create, I'll have a patch tool on and it's just to remove anything from an image. So like the, let's say, um, if you all want to go and have a look at the going bananas image that has some very lovely, pristine bananas there. Well, they weren't like that. They had, they'd been bashed up basically these bananas. So I may, I use the patch tool to edit or edit it all out. And I mean, I'm not, I don't use it for, cause again, I'm really, really against retouching people, people's mm. faces, body shape. Yes. That's something that I don't like doing. Um, but patch tool is good for getting rid of things that are not there. Like you say, the exit signs at weddings and bins and things like that. So yeah, patch tool, that's one. Amazing, amazing. Okay. Um, so when you're not creating stuff or working on your business, um, what do you like to do in your spare time that you know brings you joy? In Hiking. I love walking. Yeah. Walking nice. is my favorite thing. During lockdown, we did a lot of walking. Gardening, again. Spending time with family, I think that's my favorite favorite thing. My uh, sisters just had twins at the beginning of the year in January, uh, and obviously during oh. lockdown we couldn't see them. So, yeah. so yeah, when I'm not doing anything to do with work, I'm usually with them. That's lovely. Nice. Okay. Next question. Um, what is one book or podcast or workshop or something like that which you think everyone should check out? Okay. So the first book or one book, one book that I can suggest is. Um, if you are struggling with self-doubt and confidence issues in terms of art and like putting yourself out there or being confident enough to put yourself out there, I'd read the um, book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. That is a life-changing book. It's very um, simple and it does get a, some bad rep in some aspects, but I really enjoyed it because it was just really matter of fact in about fear and the way that you can deal with fear and confidence about producing art because a lot of people yeah. I know I me included I get scared to do a lot of things fear is something that I deal with daily um as I, as everyone does but I think that book sort of said to me just yeah you can you can live with fear a bit but you just got to do it anyway so yes. yeah there's things in there that that she says that made me think and I've I sort of highlighted when I was reading them on my kindle because I was like I can go back to them when I'm feeling like the, the certain ways about fear. So yeah, Big Magic definitely. And yeah, yeah. I was, I was just going to say I've read Big Magic as well. Um, I would, I think I've got that on my list um, of top ten books for creative yeah. professionals to read. It is, it's a brilliant book. Um, and I love that she talks about um, 
you know, she talks about like creativity is almost like this source of energy that you kind of have to like grasp in the moment and like go with it when it hits, which I think is, yeah, uh, really, really cool. There's a part in the book where she says about um, ideas and this one really, really hit me because when I was doing the past probably like five years, um, maybe let's say about five, year, five years ago, I struggled with, I think everyone does, but comparison of artists and fellow photographers or fellow self-employed yeah. people, business. And I was like, oh, they're doing that. But I could have done that. That seems so easy to me. I could have done that. And whether it be like a concept or an idea or anything, I used to really compare myself and just be like, oh, that's really annoying because they did that. And I would have done that. And I had that idea, blah, blah, blah. Well, now after reading that book, I, she made a, made a point in the book of her friend, I think from afar or an author that she was admired um, had come up with an idea and she'd written a book that Elizabeth herself, cause she writes it in her first person was, had an idea for, she'd already sort of come up with this idea, but she, again, like you say, s- sort of compares it to energy. Sort of the idea is an energy. It's left that that idea might not have suited her at that time and it didn't need to suit her it's fine it's okay she's going to have more ideas in the future she doesn't need to yeah. compare herself to that so when she I think she met up with the author I can't remember exactly what happened but she thanked her for because she'd already had that idea and I mean it's yeah no great um, <laughs> I love it I love it it's so good uh you, did you say you had a podcast I have been listening to for years now actually um a podcast called control alt delete which is by Emma Gannon and she talks to a lot of different business owners creatives different types of people that she she just makes you think about a lot of different subjects and I can't quite pinpoint a episode to tell you which to go but you've got to listen to it all because it's just a great way of you know conceptualizing ideas and different types of businesses and self-employed people that have been on uh, and she does quite I mean she I think she has quite a lot of um, female entrepreneurs and all that on there but it's all just really really interesting stuff so I enjoy that one fantastic I'll check it out cool okay um very last question it's not really a rapid fire one for those who want to find out more about what you do and your work and you know look at the um, tutorials and stuff like that um where can they find you where, where are you are you, are you on Instagram Facebook I think you're on everywhere but yeah, so I'm on everywhere and it's Holly Rose Stones, just all one word. Um, but I do have my weddings, which is hollyrose.co.uk and then Holly Rose Weddings on Instagram. Um, but yeah, everything's on my... Oh, if you want to go on YouTube as well, just Holly Rose Stones straight away. I should pop up. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Amazing. Um, thank you so much um, for being guest number one, Holly. I, I really Yay! appreciate it. It was, so, it was so great really to fun. chat with you. It was, yeah. it was really, really fun. I loved this. It's been so chill. Love it. You've been the perfect first guest. Um, it's nice to talk to um, a fellow Northerner as well, which has been really yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> Where are you now? Are you in... So I'm still in Kent. You left, you left me. You? So, um... I thought you'd gone back up to Nottingham. Is it Nottingham? Yeah. No. No, I'm just, I have good memory. Yeah, no, I'm still down here enjoying the sun. I, I like yeah. Kent, but yeah, no, I, I, I like talking to some Northerners as well. It's, it's good. Yeah, well, I'll uh, I'll be back sometime. I and mean, we've still got our house there. So um, cool. we're coming back and forth because I've got weddings still down there on all over the place. Cool. But, we shall yeah. go for a socially distant pint. Yes, <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, and like I say, um, I will... Leave all of those links to everything in the in the show notes for everyone as well. Um, so yeah, um, that's it, guys. Um, once again, Holly, Holly, thank you so much for being part of the show, thank you. and I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye.